Joining us in the studio is his worship, the mayor of the town of Collingwood, Brian Saunderson. Great to have you back, Brian. Great to be here, guys. Lots to talk about. Uh, well, we had uh, uh, we had discussion yesterday about the Collingwood Inquiry. It's booted back up again. This is phase two. Uh, this is looking at a different end of the inquiry. That's right, John. It's looking at how the proceeds were used from the sale of the 50% interest in Collis in 2012. Uh, this is a, an inquiry that you lobbied for, you in, in a sense called for. I mean, it was voted on by council, but it was certainly initiated from, from your desk. Uh, are you surprised at what you see in the Inquiry Foundation document, the document that outlines what they're looking at, what information they had, and who the witnesses are? Uh, I, we, we moved forward with the inquiry uh, because we had really large concerns about how the transactions unfolded and what was done. Uh, and uh, so am I surprised? Uh, it's very disappointing to see it, but uh, we, uh, I, I think um, surprised is probably not the right word. Mm. We keep talking about with both the, the, the last half of the fa- last phase of the inquiry and this one, uh, there's so much discussion about the overwhelming amount of documentation that has come in, uh, that has been asked for, that has been gathered, and that and a lot of delays. What's going on is that they've had to go through that. Were you expecting that? Did you think it was going to be this <laughs> full of of stuff, or did you expect it to be a little bit simpler? Well, I guess when you uh, you open the door uh, or the lid of these issues, you never know how large it's going to be. Right. Um, and uh, it has uh, been much larger than we anticipated. Um, but the inquiries, it's their process. I think they're doing an extremely thorough job, and this is what we need uh, we need to accomplish to uh, clean the air, get rid of the cloud, and uh, make sure that moving forward, uh, we're in a much better place gets uh, underway again today at 10 a.m. I know that there's a lot of people that are following it uh, pretty closely. I- is this something you're watching day to day? Or are you, you know what, let them do their stuff and we'll, we'll wait to see what the results are? Well, I have a job. Um, and uh, this is just one uh, small aspect that I'm monitoring. But uh, certainly I'm keeping um, up to date on, on, on the process of the inquiry. The foundation document came out last night and, uh, I have read it. Um, we start today, um, they released the witness list. There's 14 witnesses on the list. They've indicated who the first five will be and they start today at 10 a.m. So, um, I am definitely, uh, monitoring and watching closely as this unfolds. It is a massive investment for our community it's something that I believe very strongly we need to do. And so we're very much invested in implementing the resulting recommendations. Um, and uh, this is a, an important piece for Collingwood, but it's also an important process for all of uh, Ontario, really, uh, and small municipalities uh, probably across Canada. Um, I think there's pieces of legislation that are grossly out of date and inaccurate mm. uh, or incomplete. And... Um, uh, we need to ensure as municipalities grow. So we have a, an annual operating budget of about 55 to 60 million. If we put a capital budget on top of that. You're talking 80 in the eighties. And as I've said before, uh, we're a small municipality. So 75% of the municipalities in Ontario are, uh, less than 50,000 people. So it, the inquiries in the past, like Mississauga and, uh, the MFP, uh, inquiry in Toronto, which gave rise to the city of Toronto act, those really aren't that applicable for smaller communities. So this is the first uh, type of inquiry on this scale 
that are looking into good governance issues. And uh, and Collingwood's not unique. The situation that arose here, I, I don't believe, is unique. Um, there are specific circumstances to Collingwood, but uh, they would happen uh, and can happen in a municipality of our size across Ontario. So this is, uh, I think, the findings, Justice Morocco's findings, will uh, have a huge effect on uh, on the municipal world in Ontario. You were at the uh, Association of Municipal uh, Ontario Governments and the AMO conference. Any thoughts of passing the hat around, saying, hey, we're doing this for everybody? Well, we're certainly going to go to the province yep. and make that request because uh, this is happening on the backs of taxpayers of uh, Collingwood. And, uh, and if it's going to have province-wide uh, implications, then I think the province should be involved in the funding of this. Do we have a closer idea now or an adjusted idea of what the final budget's going to be, what the final cost of this whole thing's going to be? Well, by the last update, John, we were going, we looked, uh, we're anticipating it will be uh, in the $4 million range, and we're not finished. So mm-hmm. so that, uh, that, unfortunately, is always a live issue. How high can it go? How high are you allowed to let it go? There's no cap, mm. um, but we've certainly made it very clear to the uh, the inquiry and the commission that we want to make sure uh, that the uh, there's it, there's a cost proportionality, mm-hmm. so that we're not going down every single rabbit hole. We're trying to keep very tightly to the uh, terms of reference, and uh, and so that's the challenge. Uh, I guess the opposite end of this is there was some revenue generated when we sold Collis and when we sold the airport. I guess we're going to figure out eighteen million. Yes, uh, would should some of that be put aside right now to pay for some of this? Uh, in my opinion, no. And we discussed this around the council table, and I wasn't alone in this opinion. We have uh, pledged to the citizens and taxpayers of Collingwood that we would not invest any of those monies until we had uh, done a thorough public consultation process and uh, and looked at all sorts of uh, opportunities uh, to reinvest that money in our community. And uh, so until we have had that process and that discussion, then I don't think we should be committing any of that money. Is there an end date on that process? Is there a drop-dead date is when we're going to start writing some checks? Uh, well, it, I mean, the good news is that uh, while we're uh, having these discussions, the money's earning interest. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're losing ground on that. Um, and uh, we have a lot of uh, cons- big file consultations coming up with the uh, p- uh, public um, community-based strategic plan, public consultation process, uh, with the uh, consultation process on the uh, official plan amendment uh, review. Uh, so there's a lot of big issues coming forward. We've got an ECDEV action plan in the works. So uh, we're figuring out the best way to, to integrate and time these things. Okay. Uh, earlier uh, this year, and well, just recently, we talked a little bit about Sunset Point. Yeah, we spoke with Dean Culver, Director of Parks and Rec, after one of the public engagement sessions about the redesign of the Sunset Point Playground. Where do things stand with that? Are there any more sessions planned in the future? There is, uh, and it's a great question, John. So you've uh, hit on one thing that was on my checklist, and there is another family engagement workshop coming up this Saturday, or next Saturday, September 14, and it will be between 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m., and it's at the Sunset Point Park Ground, uh, or Sunset Point Park Pavilion. And uh, so the public engagement process is ongoing. Uh, We want to make sure uh, that uh, we get all um, 
as much representation as possible. There's been an online survey. They've been into the schools. There was a summer uh, engagement process with uh, with children uh, who will be the target audience, obviously. And uh, so we're making sure that we get as much feedback uh, as we can get on the types of features and uh, and other aspects of the park. And then we will be moving forward with the design. So the, the schedule is that this uh, park should be in place by next uh, spring, summer. Hmm. Uh, on your checklist, I think, is some discussion about the Aquatic Center. Uh, we're going to have some changes there. Yes. So there was scheduled maintenance uh, planned, and the pool is currently closed. We were anticipating a three-week closure um, to do some tiling and uh, clean up in the uh, change rooms. And the projected budget was about $140,000. Once they've started the work, we've uh, found a source of an ongoing water issue uh, and it seems to be related to the uh, the tiling and the drainage scenario. Uh, it looks like the floors weren't properly sloped. There's a lack of drains in the floor. So once they pulled up the tiles, uh, the water has been pooling. Mm-hmm. So they uh, that's going to take, um, it's anticipated it will be an overage of about $20,000, which are 20%, so about $35,000. And I guess more critically is it's going to extend the timeline of the closure to by another three weeks. So having the pool closed for six weeks uh, is uh, very bad news for what, our community. Yeah, what's going to happen to the school programs? I know they use the aquatic center. Well, I know we've been working closely with the Y um, okay. to to try and uh, get some uh, ex, uh, pool time for uh, the people that would be affected by it. Um, and they're working very closely with us. The Clippers are obviously uh, very impacted, mm-hmm. and they have a meet coming up in October that they're trying to get ready for. So it's uh, it's very unfortunate. Uh, it's raising questions about the um, – the workmanship that went into the installation uh, and the building of the pool. And so that uh, we have contacted BLT, and um, we hope that they will uh, come to the table and contribute to this, uh, and that will be uh, will, will remain to be seen. Brian Saunderson, always a pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you for dropping by on Talk of the Town. Great. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day.